You're inside the Players' Lounge with G. Scott. Sometimes I can put my foot down and say, hey, oh, You definitely got to put your foot enough down. Enough, enough. You ask for honesty. <laughs> you, shall, you shall receive <laughs> Powered by Seahawks.com. The two of you are the odd couple of the defense. <laughs> one is Oscar. One is Felix. So I appreciate you for joining us. And and a slob. Damn. Damn. Yep. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Players' Lounge. I'll be your host, G. Scott. We're live here at the Cortez Kennedy Players' Lounge. And one of my favorite guests that likes to show up in, y'all know him as Richard Sherman. But, man, Richard Sherman, is there ever a time that you don't just talk trash to me or about me? Why? I mean, Uh uh how do you know that my feelings aren't hurt by what you say? Because you decided to wear that. It takes a lot of confidence and and, uh, to wear the hat that you're wearing today. And, uh. If you did not want to be judged, you should have wore something uh, less Ed Hardy. Do you remember Ed Hardy, Doug? But, but how clothing do you, brand? You should wait. Oh, by the way, look at his hat. You should have heard. What, <laughs> you should have heard what Doug said about me today. Worst, worst burn I've ever had in 14 years of being around you guys. What did you say? You said. I don't that, know if I can repeat it on on, uh, on, on the, the players' lounge. Yeah. Okay. I want to get uh, right to it. With everything that ha- is going on in this world, it seems like every single day it is something different, something that we are using the word tragic, tragedies, all kinds of bad stuff. My question for you guys is, how do you guys cope with some of the things that are happening and occurring every single day? Uh, for me personally, I just always fall back to my faith. You know, like I, I, know, uh, I know that God has a purpose for my life and for the things that I'm doing. And so I, I really, you know, it does, it's, it's painful to watch some of the things that's going on, but at the same time, it's like, this is not, this is not our final destination to me. You know, this is not our final destination. This is just, this is the, the, the world that we're in until we, um, you know, are, are called home. So that's the way I look at it. You know, my grandfather passing away a couple of weeks ago, that, that really put things into perspective for me. When you, when you really, uh, undress everything about life, like what truly matters in life. It's the people that you care about, the people that, that you love, right, and the people that love you. And the truth of the matter is, is that eventually you're going you're gonna to either see them die or you're going to watch them see you die, you know. And, like, if you truly love that person, that, that feeling is unbearable, you know. Like, this life wouldn't be worth it if you, if you had to experience that consistently and constantly. And so for me, it's like I know this is not the end, that one day I'm going to see my grandfather again, and he's not going to be a pain. He's not going to be hurting, and, and I'm going to see that smile again. And to me, that's worth it. Sharon, what helps you deal with the everyday life and all of these things that are happening in our world right now? Hope. Um, at the end of the day, there's always going to be tragedy. There's always going to be despair. There's always going to be sadness. Um, but you counter that with happiness. You, you, you counter the loss with, you counter death with life. Um, and I think my kids give me life. Um, you know, they, you know, they're innocent. The children are innocent. I think it's always, it's always cool to look to them in these times because a lot of times they can't fully comprehend the, the devastation of the world and the sadness. And my son is, is not, um, it's not dealing with all of it. You know, he's just happy-go-lucky kids don't know any better and i just find joy in them you know in their happiness and their smiles do you guys do 
anything different? Like, for an example, some people say, okay, well, man, with all this stuff that's going on, I'm going to choose maybe to live life a little bit different or my conversations at home are different. Or do you guys at all live your life any different because of what's been going on right now in our world? Sure. No, no, I don't. Um, because you can't, you know, I'm not, I, 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 there's not much I could do to stop what, what the things that are happening, um, you know, the natural disasters that have hit our country. Um, I don't think there's anything I could do to live differently that would, that would change those things and change what happened. The things that happened in, in Las Vegas are, you know, in our time when I was younger, they had Columbine and, and all that. And there's not much I could do differently to, to change, you know, the unfortunate events that happened. Um, it does it does it frustrate me? Yes. Does it does it sadden me and, and, and make me afraid to get put my kids in school and things? Yeah, it, it, it makes you take a step back. But um, at the end of the day, I can only live in the time that I'm given and circumstances that I'm given. And I can try to inform my kids and make sure they're educated on on everything that could happen. But shoot, it's it's a crazy world. Yeah, I would reiterate that, too. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it makes me change my uh my life but i would say that it makes me hesitate on some things you know i, I had a trip to, to england this this off season um and with all the stuff that was going on overseas you know i was a little hesitant about it you know i was really nervous about it but at the end of the day i still had to take care of business and so um, like sherm said you know it is frustrating you deal with things in, in whatever way that you can but i think part of it is not allowing those negative things to disrupt your your day to ta- your day-to-day process your day-to-day routines because if you do then you're uh, you're living out of fear you know and i don't want to live out of fear you guys are both i mean we all everybody if you're listening right now you were kids we were all kids at one time so you know how you learned right you learn you could go back to your life and your parents or how they talk to you a certain way sherm you have kids and doug i'm sure at some point you'll have kids will you will you guys teach your kids the same way that your parents taught you Sure. Uh, it's kind of a vague question. Uh, uh, give me, give me more specific because it's kind of ambiguous. Well, you okay? So maybe, maybe let's just take the conversations. Let's say like talking because I find myself as a father having more conversations with my sons than my parents had with me. Um. I'm, I'm sure I'll have some. Some of the lessons that I was taught at a young age, you know, are timeless. Um, right from wrong, the, you know, sure. in terms of dealing with people with respect and, and honesty and and having a great moral compass, you know, those things are, will always be timeless, treating people like you want to be treated. Um, in terms of how to deal with social media and, and you know, how you, how you deal with those aspects, I'm sure there will be more conversations than my parents had with me because it didn't exist when my parents were having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um also, in terms of going to college and things like that, um, I think that I've I, I've been afforded opportunity financially that my parents weren't weren't afforded. Um, so obviously, those conversations will be different. But I'll, I'll also try to instill the same values of hard work and dedication that my fam- family instilled in me. Doug, sometimes they say ignorance is bliss. Do you ever feel sometimes that social media kind of brings to light some of the stuff that we probably would have never seen beforehand yeah for sure but i I think the 
the biggest thing that it brings out is the selfish nature of humans. You know, we, we're, we're all about look at me, look at me. That's what social media is for, you know, look at me, look at me. There's some people, you know, like celebrities and, 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 uh, and people who have a platform to, like, try to push their, their brands or push with, you know, uh, their endorsements. And that, you know, that's, that's a little bit different, you know. But more so when you have – social media to me is just it's, – it, the psychology behind it is fascinating. And I don't think we truly know the implications of it because it's so new. And, you know, 20 years from now, we might realize that social media is just addictive to some, some substance, substantive dr- drugs, you right. know. So, right. um, but to go back to your question about, you know, what I teach the same way that my parents have taught me, um, I would like to think that I would take the good parts from them, you know, what they taught me, the good parts of it, and, and maybe adapt some of the other things a little bit differently for, for our time. Like Sherman was saying, you know, social media, my parents really didn't, ha- didn't know how to, 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 you know, to parent that. Um, but in that same regard, I think we won't know at all what the right steps are. Sure. You know, and in the process, you know, even with Sherm, Sherm's got, you know, some, uh, how old is Raiden? Or uh, Raiden Raiden's two. Two right now, you know, and so, like, how he raises Raiden, like, he's not going to remember how his parents raised sure. him at two years old. But at, sure. when Raiden gets to be 15, 16, 17 years old, maybe Sherm is like, well, dang, you know, what I thought my dad did was wrong then, now I realize why he did it, <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Well, last thing before I let you guys go, um. You guys have been, you know, you guys have been in the league a, a, a little while now. And I don't know, I'm not asking what your plans are after you leave the game of football. But I will ask, do you find that with some of the things that have been going on, and, and you guys have been asked a lot of questions in the media, do you find that what you want to do after football has maybe involved a little bit more of helping out with social change? No. No, my, 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 what I wanted to do is always remain the same, um, God willing, and, and, you know, finances all be, could, being created equal. Um, I've always wanted to be part of the social change and, and that movement and also just helping out in the community, helping kids and, and, and helping give kids um, a clearer picture of what, what their future could entail and helping them get out of that box-in mentality that you sometimes get when, when you raise in the inner city that, that your opportunities are incredibly limited. Um, but I also feel like, uh, you know, people that aren't athletes and, and aren't in our situations should be more involved in it. I think sometimes we, people look to us as if we're, we have all the answers and we're, we're some, some save-alls, and we're not. You know, I, I mean, shoot. Eight years ago, I was a, I was a broke college kid who nobody would listen to, um, and now you know now I, you know I've, I've played a sport and I have played at a high level, and I'm I'm supposed to have more answers then than I had I mean now than I had then I don't I don't necessarily feel that way I've had more life experiences but I'm I'm a 20 year old 29 year old man you know who's still learning every day, um, so I think people people need to give you know athletes and and. And the people that sometimes they idolize a break because, you know, we're, we're regular people just like you. And, you know, I, I use this, you know, I wake up, I go to sleep just like you, wake up just like you, get tired just like you, I get frustrated just like you. Um, and I'm try- constantly learning, constantly trying to figure out what the answer is, what, what, what the solution should be. And I think sometimes they, 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 people are frustrated that we don't have all the answers. 
but sometimes you should look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you have all the answers? Do you have every solution? What would you do in a situation? Would you have done things differently? And if the answer is no, then maybe you should reevaluate how you, how you look at these athletes. Mm, shut it down. Um, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I went. No, if, 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 I, I, no, I know, I know. Okay. I know. Okay. Come on now. All right. Now. Sorry, Doug. Has the, the, the political climate um, or more recent history changed my views of what I want to do after football is mm-hmm. done? Um, I wouldn't say it's changed the idea of what I want to do. It's changed how I'm going to do it, I think. Um, you know, I, I, especially with the recent political climate, I think, it's really taught me uh, the importance of empathy in my conversations. And not with just people who disagree with me, but I'm talking about kids who look to me, like Sherm said, they, they think we have the answers. But when I can empathize with them and tell them, look, I don't have the answers. I made the same mistakes that you made. But at the same time, I didn't stop searching for the right answers. You know, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't do the soul searching myself, which kind of was forced upon me because of some situations that I've had to go through more recently, you know, not just the political climate that we're going through, but, you know, all types of aspects of my life. So um, I think right now the political climate is just making, it's giving us uh, as athletes and as people who are more involved with things that are going on, it gives us an opportunity to reevaluate how we would handle ourselves if we were those kids, you know, listening to athletes, if we were those individuals, those fans that, um, you know, had the the different perspective, you know, how would we handle ourselves? How would we think? How would we go about trying to um, empathize with the other side? And I think that's given me more of a platform or more of an understanding of not necessarily what I would do, but how I would do things. Well, fellas, I appreciate you guys jumping on another uh, edition of the Players' Lounge, and I hope we can do this again. I really appreciate it, Doug Baldwin and Richard Sherman. Appreciate everybody for listening. Love you for that. Until next time. Ugly and pretty.